Now, if you'd like to, as we normally do when we hear the scriptures read, if you'd like to stand this morning as we read Psalm 100, please do at this time. Uh, it's a little bit different today, as, as Brett said, but uh, we want to try to continue in our worship way that we normally do here at Hill City Church. Hear now from the psalmist as we hear Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Grass withers, the flowers fade away, but the word of our Lord will stand forever. Amen, church. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> the 100th Psalm is, is one of the classic Psalms, in my opinion. I think that perhaps maybe out of the Psalms, out of all the Psalms, this might be one of the best ones for Thanksgiving, both for the classic holiday and for, for any other day of the year, as I hope we're going to find out here together. And right off the bat, I, I want to say, and I want you to think about this as well, wherever you are this morning, we all have a lot to be thankful for, don't we? We're here today, uh, wherever you may be this morning, most of us know who we are, which is a, a pretty good thing. Uh, we can take a good bit of pride in the fact that we were able to, to get up this morning. We were able to have breakfast this morning. We, we got all of that done. If you travel anywhere over the last day or two, you, did, you got somewhere and you didn't get lost. Maybe if you're going to go somewhere this afternoon before all the snow and ice takes place, you, you know where you're going to go this afternoon. And, and you even know how to get from your place to their place to be able to visit or whatever it is that you might do. And I only halfway kid on, on some of this stuff. Maybe some days it is very difficult for us to remember much of anything. If you look at our congregation here, we continue to be blessed for the most part with good health. Thank you. With good health. With, with some growth and, and good leadership in this church. We truly do have much to be thankful for as Hill City Church. We have common bonds in this church as well. We have a, a love for God, a desire to please Him in how we live and in all that we do, and a desire to serve Him as we go out into the world. We have a hope in the body of Christ here and around the world that sets us apart from the rest of the world. For those of you who may not know, I'm also the visitation pastor for the Chester ARP Church. And I have to tell you this story. I was with a man, a dear brother in Christ from the Chester Church. I was with him and his family last Saturday night. It appeared his time on earth was coming to a close even before that hour was up. God knew better, though, and he allowed this man, Les Orr, to, to live until Monday but one of the things that Les told me as I walked into the room and as every single last one of his family came in and they gathered around him, he said to them, don't worry about me. I know where I'm going to be soon. I'm going to be in the arms of my Lord. Therefore, there is nothing 
to fear. I am not worried at all. I was encouraged by my friend and my brother in Christ's statement there because his hope was in the one who would carry him to be home with him at that appointed time. Jesus Christ was in the room that evening in room 375 at Piedmont Hospital through his Holy Spirit. And I know he was there until Leslie Orr was taken home. Les was going to meet and be with his Lord and Savior. He wasn't going to be sick anymore. He had been dealing with uh, pancreatic cancer, which I did not know about until... Um, just a few days before he went into the hospital. But it all happened beginning Wednesday previous, just a week and a half ago, that all of the pain and everything began to take place. And this pain that Les was in was unbelievable. As I stood there with him or sat there with him Saturday evening, it was terrifying, the pain that he was enduring. But you see, Les is healed now. There's no more pain that he has to deal with. And on top of that, he's healed forever. The ones who are hurting now are us. This is the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. That is something to be thankful for. Even if you never met this sweet man, you can celebrate with him and rejoice for him and his family. It's this hope and this thanksgiving that separate us from the rest of the world. However, don't we have much to be thankful for every day other than our memories and, and, and things like that? Sure we do. We should be thankful for our families, for our health, for, for our freedoms we have here. We, have, we should be thankful for our friends, our country, for the ones who have served this country, defended its name and our freedoms. That even allows us to be able to worship together, even though we're not able to worship in one place as we normally do. We're even able to worship through technology together. And while none of us are guaranteed tomorrow, we should still be thankful for what we have today. This psalm gives us a formula and a reminder of of how we got here in the first place. And furthermore, through this Psalm 100, again, Thanksgiving can be every day. It should be every day. And here's how we can do it. First, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. We shout for all kinds of stuff, don't we? We, we shout for football teams. We, we shout at each other. We shout across a room at times, do we not? But we always want to approach God with reverence. Some churches even promote shouting in church. Now, while I'm not a subscriber to that method of worship, how many of us have ever gotten up one morning, standing in the absolute beauty of a South Carolina morning, and just shouted, Good morning, Lord. What a beautiful day you've given us. What a family you've blessed me with. What neighbors I have. What a great country I live in. Have you ever stopped, counted your many blessings, and simply counted them out loud to no one in particular? No one but God needs to hear, right? 
But he wants to hear it from you. Good morning, Lord. That was just a little bit before my time. Maybe you were a part of this piece of history. But we all know World War II fairly well. I think we have it all at least read about the end of the war especially. We've seen pictures and all that kind of stuff. There were parades. There was headlines all over the papers. But there was a lot of shouting. Victory over our enemy had been secured. We were living in safety once again. Well, a victory far greater than World War II has been secured on our behalf. We need to shout praises to God our Father because, and if you look at the revelation of Jesus Christ, not revelations, revelation of Jesus Christ, you can be assured of it. God has won that victory for us. We can and we should be joyful over that fact. When you find out somebody loves you, what do you want to do? You want to keep it to yourself? No. You want to shout it from the rooftops. You want the world to know. Well, Jesus Christ died for you. He loved you that much. He gave his life just for you. Why shouldn't you be joyous? And thankful about all of that. Shout for joy to the Lord. All the earth. English Standard says serve the Lord with gladness. The NIV says worship the Lord. Other translations say serve the Lord and and other things. Come before him with joyful songs. With singing, the psalmist tells us. The word for serve or worship is a, a fascinating word because it's multifaceted. The term abad, it's it's pronounced A-W-B-A-D, but it's spelled A-B-A-D. Stands for or is the base word for about anything from cultivate to observe to perform to render anything along those lines. These are just some of the words that it means. It's multifaceted, as we said. Yet they all mean to produce something. There's, There's an action that will produce some fruit. When we worship or when we serve God, there should be a byproduct that we get. At least there should be some sort of a byproduct here. That's thankfulness and joy. God doesn't need our worship. He doesn't need us to serve Him in order to exist. We are the ones who need to worship God and serve Him so that we might have life And as we see it in John 10, 10, so that we might have life more abundantly. That doesn't necessarily mean here on earth. But with that closer relationship with God through Christ, we'll get glimpses of heaven right here on earth. And we will receive the promises of eternal life. This is thankfulness that that can and should be shown every day of our lives. Now, having opened your eyes to that fact, what is there not to be glad about? We're told that as we worship our Lord, sing praises unto Him. There are dozens of applications for for singing in the Scriptures. Maybe Psalm 59 verse 16 sums it up best. After declaring what God will do for his child, the psalmist that that wrote this at that particular moment, he was talking about delivering him from his enemies The psalmist said he would sing of his strength. He would sing in the morning of his love. 
Because God is our fortress, our refuge in times of trouble. Those words of love and song should, should always be on our lips. So often we look like we're coming to a funeral service when we come to worship our Lord. We ought to be celebrating and giving thanks because Jesus is not dead. He was raised from the dead all for you and for me. Is that not something to be joyous and thankful about? Folks, when we come before our Lord to serve or worship or observe or whatever, the word you might want to use to translate here from this Hebrew word abad, we should focus on what he has done for us and we should be thankful for it all. <clears throat> Being thankful isn't about a bounty. It isn't about football. It isn't about it turkey. Being thankful for what we have is an attitude. It is an attitude of the heart. Being thankful is thanking God for, for all that we have and all that we are. It's a lost concept for many of us in this day and time. It's not a seasonal commemoration or celebration. Thanksgiving, being thankful, is about what our Savior has done for us all the time. Psalm 100 gives it to us straight. From verse 3 of our reading, know that the Lord is God. It is He who has made us and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Well, from that particular verse, we see three things. God is Lord, God is Creator, and God is Shepherd. Because He made us, because in a kind way, the psalmist is saying here that we don't have enough sense to get in out of the rain if left on our own. We should be thankful that God is our shepherd, the one who directs us, who rules over us. The doxology, many of us know that short song. I'm not going to sing it this morning, especially because I'm going to be doing it by myself. But anyway, the, the doxology is a short song, but it's very powerful in its words here. It's a short burst of thanksgiving that we often do in churches on a week-to-week -week basis, but Honestly, a little editorial here, I'm not so sure, but what we don't overdo it sometimes. And we just, in a rote sort of way, we just sing the words and without really giving thought. It's kind of like the Apostles' Creed, same sort of thing. I'm going down a rabbit trail, I'll get back on the, on the trail again. But anyway, this, it's all about the 100th Psalm. It, it reminds us of what we should be thankful for and to have an attitude of gratitude as it were. This was a psalm that was, had been written for the people of Israel, God's chosen people. And, and they sang it at times as a hymn throughout the years, as many psalms were done in that way. That was their hymn book, the psalms. But it helped them to remember how God had kept them safe and secure throughout their existence up to that point. It kept them focused on God's providential wisdom and mercy to his people. But it was a hymn the people forgot the words to quite often, just like us today. But the psalm wasn't directed to just the Israelites alone. It, it was given to all the earth. It was addressed to the end of all generations. What do you think that might mean, to the end of all generations? It means that every single one of us 
as citizens of the world, no matter the culture, no matter the generation, no matter the time in history, every day should be a day of thanksgiving for every single one of us. There's one short, very simple statement that I'm going to make to you. Remember it, and it might save your life someday. God is God, and we are not. Exodus 3.14, we get a pretty definitive statement from God. I am who I am, he says. Kind of says that with a little bit of authority, don't you think? The book of John is full of the I am statements coming from, from God the Son, Jesus Christ. I am the way. I am the bread of life. Not maybe I am. Not I could be. But I don't know for sure. It is I am who I am. God is God and we are not. Thinking that way. Thinking that we maybe we're God perhaps. Could be God. Maybe even get close to his thinking or his ways is a huge mistake on our part. Isaiah 55 verse 8 lets us know very quickly God's words are not our words. His thoughts are not our thoughts. He made us in his own image. We are his. We belong to him. But that's what's better for us in our little world is that he is ours. A shepherd watches out over his flock. He protects them. He comforts them. John 10 verse 11, Jesus tells us, I am the good shepherd. Another one of the I am statements here. I know my sheep and they know me. John 10, 14 says that. Romans 8, 31 tells us that if God is for us, who can be against us? Who is strong enough? Who is resourceful enough to be against us? Answer there, nobody. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Knowing that God is our shepherd, what is there not to be thankful about? Well, after we've shouted for joy, worshipped him at his footstool, and sung joyful songs to him, when we understand who God is here, even when we're being still and knowing that he is God, as we see in Psalm 46.10, the writer of the book of Hebrews in chapter 13 calls him the great shepherd of the sheep. When we follow verses 1 through 3 then, we're about ready to go to verse 4 of the 100th Psalm. We can proceed into his uh, gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Revelation chapter, uh, chapters 4 and 5 talk about the worshiping that we are going to be doing in heaven. Even tells us what part we'll be singing here. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Not a, way to, not a bad way to start that song of praise, is there? You can't give thanks, though, if you're not thankful. Thanksgiving of any kind, at any point in time, flows out of a thankful heart. You can't fake that feeling. You, you can't fake thankfulness. You might be able to temporarily con some folks into believing that you're thankful, but for the long haul, it just is not possible. When we serve our Lord... It is not a part-time thing. It isn't something that we can drop in on him from time to time and, and worship him and that sort of thing. 
Serving our Lord is a full-time job. So is being thankful. So is being joyful. But the rewards are eternal. Let's sum all this up and, and look at the practical side of Psalm 100 very quickly. Overall, there are three commands to remember that we find in this psalm. First, shout for joy to the, war, to the Lord. We talked about it in the beginning. This isn't a little hip, hip, hooray for God type of thing. This is a shout for joy from the bottom of your feet, thanksgiving. It could be a, a simple quiet, praising God for, for something that he has done in your life. By the way, what has God done for you lately? The answer here is, is this, it, that's a great place to start your praising. Maybe you've come to this realization that God truly loves you. If that is not a moment for true thanksgiving and joy, I, I don't know what is. Maybe it's the answer to a problem that you've been having. And you suddenly realize the problem's no longer there. What do you do? You stop and you thank God and you praise Him. That's what you do. Maybe you're in your joy, you could, you could stop long enough and, and tell someone else about what God has done for you in your life. It's called witnessing, folks. Share that joy. The second thing, serve the Lord with gladness. Doesn't necessarily say serve the church here, or the preacher, or the leaders of the church, or anything else along that line for that matter. Serve the Lord. Period. If you look at Matthew 25, 34 and on, you hear a compelling story from Jesus. Jesus is asked, when did we see you sick or in prison or hungry? You remember Jesus' reply here? He replies with this statement in verse 40. I tell you the truth. Listen up, in other words, what, is, what Jesus is saying here. Whatever you did for the least of these, my brothers, you did for me. Hmm. Kind of puts it in a little bit different light, doesn't it? Serving the Lord can take on many forms. Not high-profile stuff, not necessarily either. No one else may ever know, but you do. And so does your Father in heaven. The third is to come before Him with joyful songs. Psalm 98.4 breaks out in jubilant says, Break out in jubilant songs, songs of thanksgiving. Singing to our Lord in jubilant song will simply make us want to sing for joy. The psalmist is saying throughout Psalm 100, Be happy, shout, serve, sing. But we must be diligent and vigilant in our praise. Story of the ten lepers comes to mind here in Luke 17. Jesus tells the ten to go show yourselves to the priest and they would be healed of their leprosy. And as they obeyed Jesus, going to the priest, you remember what happened? They were healed. Remember how many came back to thank Jesus for that healing? How many? One. One of the ten healed lepers rejoiced before his Lord and thanked him. If we obey if we remember, if we are thankful for the healing you and I have been given, isn't that worth coming back time and time again to thank Jesus for that healing? No matter what 
anybody else around you does. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Praise him in his presence. Which kind of brings us to the last verse of this psalm of thanksgiving and thankfulness. We mentioned this earlier. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. In other words, we should show gratitude to our Lord. We see three reasons for gratitude in this one last verse. Because the Lord is good, because His love and mercy is everlasting, and because His faithfulness to us endures forever. This should give us cause to do as Paul did in Romans 11.36. To stand before our God and say that from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. And Paul underscores that by saying, to Him be the glory forever. Amen. Our praise, our thanksgiving, and our worship need to be directed to God. We should all be thankful for what He has done. Not just during a particular season, not just on Sundays, but every day that we get out of bed. When we feel like it or not. When we have a busy schedule or when we don't have a thing in the world to do when we get out of bed. The 100th Psalm is all about one thing. Thanking our God for being our God. For setting us apart from the rest of the world. To be His and His alone. This week as you travel here and there, for maybe for work or whatever, or maybe you just simply stay home all of this. The next couple of days it might be conducive just to stay in at home. But maybe you're surrounded by family or friends, or maybe there's just a period of time where you're by yourself, just in quiet solitude in the day. My prayer, though, is that God is thanked by you with much joy and gladness, with thanksgiving and gratitude, and with a totally dependent heart on Him. To God be the glory. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for allowing us the privilege of having Psalm 100, much less reading it this morning. But thank you, Father, for that privilege of just being able to know that you are our Father. You are ours and we are yours. So many times we forget about being thankful to you because you've given us all things. It just We take it for granted. So forgive us for that. But help us to know each and every day that you are ours always. Bless us to that end. We ask you, it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.